You're listening to Comedy Central. November 13th, 2019. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Nominated for an Oscar for his breakout role in the movie Get Out. Tonight, he's here with a brand new film, Queen and Slim. Daniel Kaluuya is joining us, everybody. <laughs> but first, we're gonna jump straight into the major news story that everyone has been talking about today. The beginning of public impeachment hearings into Donald J. Trump. The J stands for Jimpeachment. <laughs> that, that sounded better in my head. Now. Just to get everybody on the same page, six weeks ago, a whistleblower reported that Donald Trump was abusing the power of his office. And in response, the Democrats launched impeachment hearings behind closed doors, which makes sense. It's winter, you don't want the doors open, everyone gets cold. (laughs) But the Republicans complained about the closed door process, saying that the public was only hearing bits and pieces what was going on, and it wasn't transparent. You know, sort of like listening to a movie that's playing in the apartment next door, where you're like, uh, I think Batman is fighting. Bradley Cooper, because he wants him to sing like Lady Gaga. (laughs) So in the face of these complaints, the Democrats gladly agreed to air Donald Trump's dirty laundry for everyone to see. And today was laundry day. So let's catch up on the first day of the public impeachment hearings in our ongoing segment, The Magical Wonderful Road to Impeachment. It's probably presidential harassment. Impeachment, it's democracy's money-back guarantee. But it's also one of the few constitutional processes that's actually exciting. In many ways, it's like an eclipse. It only happens, like, every 20 years, and Donald Trump stares directly into it no matter how much it hurts. (laughs) And you can tell today was a big deal just by how the media was covering this thing from every angle. This is the table where those diplomats will be sitting. You're gonna have Democrats on one side of the room, Republicans on the other side. This is one of the largest hearing rooms at the Capitol. Behind me here in that big, big chair, that is where the chair of the Intelligence Committee, Adam Schiff, will be sitting. We understand that C-SPAN normally would have three cameras. Today, they have seven. George Kent is just arriving and is about to go through security. George Kent is entering the magnetometer area, putting his personal belongings on the belt, we're all familiar with the process. So exciting. (laughs) What's gonna happen next? Does he forget his keys are in his pockets? Is he gonna have to walk through again? The suspense is killing me. (laughs) I I, I hope they just like followed him the whole day like that. Just MSNBC, like George Kent appears to be closing his eyes and opening them repeatedly. (laughs) A process we're heard is referred to as blinking. (laughs) Now, for the first day of the public hearings, the Democrats chose to call two witnesses. Bill Taylor, the acting ambassador to Ukraine, and George Kent, senior State Department official and townsperson in a 1950s musical. (laughs) And before the questioning even started, both men emphasized in their opening statements that they aren't team Republican or team Democrats, they're playing on America's side. It has been a privilege for me to serve our country and the American people for more than 50 years. I am nonpartisan and have been appointed to my positions by every president from President Reagan to President Trump. I am not here 
to take one side or the other. I have served proudly as a nonpartisan career foreign service officer for more than 27 years under five presidents, three Republican and two Democrat. I represent the third generation of my family who have chosen a career in public service. Indeed, there has been a George Kent sworn to defend the Constitution continuously for nearly 60 years. Ooh, three generations of George Kent have been defending the Constitution. It almost sounds like the only reason America keeps running is because of George Kent's. <laughs> yes, if America is in office, George Kent is the only guy who knows how to fix the printer. It was the toner cartridge. It's always the toner cartridge. I will say though, there's gonna be a lot of pressure on the next George Kent. Yeah. You know he's gonna be like, screw the Constitution, Dad. I was born to uphold the law. I was born to dance. Woo! <laughs> so, both of these men are devoted nonpartisan civil servants. So if you hear these guys saying that Trump did some messed up shit, you know to take it seriously. And from the sound of it, Trump did some messed up shit. Once I arrived in Kiev, I discovered a weird combination of encouraging, confusing, and ultimately alarming circumstances. According to Mr. Morrison, President Trump did insist that President Zelensky go to a microphone and say he is opening investigations of Biden and 2016 election interference. Ambassador Sondland tried to explain to me that President Trump is a businessman. When a businessman is about to sign a check to someone who owes him something, the businessman asked that person to pay up before signing the check. I think it's crazy to withhold security assistance for help with the political campaign. What did you mean when you said you thought it was crazy? It was illogical. It could not be explained. It was crazy. Hmm. <laughs> Unexplainable, illogical, crazy. That's the description Bill Taylor gave of Trump's actions. It's also the title of Trump's new memoir. Same thing, yes. It's my full story and it's a coloring book, folks. You're gonna love it. <laughs> and Ambassador Taylor's testimony was pretty clear. He testified that Trump wanted, to, wanted Ukraine to investigate his political rival, Joe Biden. And the ambassador even came with new evidence that hadn't been public before. Last Friday, a member of my staff told me of events that occurred on July 26th. In the presence of my staff at a restaurant, Ambassador Sondland called President Trump and told him of his meetings in Kyiv. The member of my staff could hear President Trump on the phone asking Ambassador Sondland about the investigations. The member of my staff asked Ambassador Sondland what President Trump thought about Ukraine. Ambassador Sondland responded that President Trump cares more about the investigations of Biden, which Giuliani was pressing for. Okay, this is just unbelievable. Trump's people were discussing their Ukrainian plot in public, in a restaurant? That's what he's saying. I mean, first of all, that's rude. You're in a restaurant, you put your phone away, all right? You engage. <laughs> And also, why is Trump talking so loudly on the phone that people can hear him on the other side? <laughs> he reminds me of every immigrant father ever talking on the phone. <laughs> Just like, now don't worry, Trevor. I also had happies when I was 16, huh? <laughs> it's going to go away. You're like, shh, uncle, I'm with my friends. Oh, I'm sorry. Tell your friends to be a careful of happies, huh? <laughs> now for the Democrats, today was all about showing the American people that Trump abused his office by trying to extort Ukraine. And in response, to the Republican argument that Trump may have tried to do it but wasn't successful, Joaquin Castro had a few questions. So, ambassadors, is attempted murder a crime? Is attempted murder a crime? Attempted murder is a crime. Is attempted robbery a crime? Neither of us is a lawyer. 
But I, I, I think anybody in this room could answer that question. I think that's right. I'll, be, I'll go out on a limb and say, yes, it is. Is attempted extortion and bribery a crime? I don't know, sir. Mm. That's a pretty effective line of questioning. I mean, it's either that or Castro is just trying to get some free legal advice. <laughs> now, what if I attempted to steal my neighbor's Wi-Fi but couldn't figure out the password? Is that a crime? Is that a crime? Yes, and I know it's not his dog's name because I killed his dog, which brings me to my second question. <laughs> now, the Republicans also had their turn to question the witnesses about what Trump had done. But it seemed like they were trying to solve a completely different case. Was Hunter Biden a, a corporate governance expert? I have no idea. You know if Hunter Biden relocated to Ukraine? No knowledge. Is he the, the Jeffrey Sonnenfeld of, of the Ukraine? Do you know if he speaks Ukrainian? Given Hunter Biden's role in Burisma's board of directors, Hunter Biden's added to the board of Burisma. Hunter Biden, do you know whether Hunter Biden offers anything other than the fact that his dad's the former vice president? And also, does Hunter Biden like flowers? Or do you think I could send him a card? Is he like seeing someone? Because I totally think we'd make a great couple. Are you friends with Hunter Biden? <laughs> What the hell was this? Like, here's the thing, man. If Republicans want to investigate Hunter Biden, then investigate Hunter Biden. But that's not what this hearing is about, right? You're just making it about something else. Imagine if the cops showed up to your office to investigate a robbery, and while they're dusting for prints, you pop up like, hey, I know you guys are busy, but could you also figure out who's been stealing my yogurt every day? <laughs> like, that's not the reason we're here. Well, maybe it should be, okay? That was Ukrainian yogurt. <laughs> but Republicans weren't just trying to figure out Hunter Biden's height, weight, and favorite color. When it was Congressman Jim Jordan's turn to ask questions, his big argument was that none of this testimony should count because it was all a game of telephone. You weren't on the call, were you? The president, you didn't listen on President Trump's call and President Lindsey's call? I did not. You've never talked with Chief of Staff Mulvaney? I never did. You never met the president? That's correct. This is what I can't believe, and you're their star witness. You're their first witness. Mr. You're Jordan. the guy, you're the guy based on this, based on, I mean, I've seen I've seen church prayer chains that are easier to understand than this. Mm, that's a good point. Good point, Jim Jordan. These guys don't have firsthand knowledge of what Trump was doing with Ukraine. So why are they the ones testifying? I mean, maybe it's because the White House has blocked all the people who do have firsthand knowledge from testifying. That's a good point, Trevor. That's a good point. Thank you, me. <laughs> all of today, Jim Jordan's only focus was making it seem like this entire process was somehow a sham. But it all backfired when he tried to turn the focus to the whistleblower. Now, there is one witness, one witness that they won't bring in front of us, they won't bring in front of the American people. And that's the guy who started it all, the whistleblower. Nope. I say to my colleague, I'd be glad to have uh, the, the person who started it all come in and testify. Uh, President Trump is welcome uh, to take a seat right there. <laughs> This congressional hearing was filmed in front of a live studio audience. You know, by Congress standards, that was a pretty good slam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only way it could have been better is if the congressman was like, seriously, President Trump is welcome anytime. In fact, I've actually got his invite right here. <laughs> so, that was day one of the public impeachment hearings. And the only way we'll find out more about this saga is when Congress kicks off day two. Or we could just sit next to Donald Trump's people in a restaurant and hear what he shouts over the phone. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guest 
tonight is an Academy Award-nominated actor whose new film is called Queen and Slim. Please welcome Daniel Kaluuya. show. Thank you for having me. Before we get into that very intense scene from a very intense movie that's getting a lot of intense buzz, <laughs> let's talk about your life. How has it been, man? What's, what's it been like, you know? In what way? What do you mean, in what way? <laughs> in what way? What do you mean, in what way? Daniel Kaluuya does his thing. You know, he blew up in England. You did your thing. We, like, a lot of people saw you break out in, um, in, in, um, help me with the Netflix show. Come on, we all love it. Oh, Black Mirror. Future. Black Mirror. Yeah. Black Mirror, right, Black Mirror. Loved you in the episode Running on the Treadmill. We yeah. all loved you. And then Get Out came, changed everything. Yeah. One of the greatest horror slash thriller slash everythings we've ever seen. Yeah. And now black people don't go to white people's houses and drink tea anymore. You shouldn't. You changed shouldn't. everything. You shouldn't, man. Right? And you were nominated for an Oscar. What's yeah. it been like since then? Um, <laughs> pretty like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, it's been weird. Like, a lot of selfies. Um, I don't know, I don't know. It's, it's, my life's it's gone upside down. Right. It's gone upside down. I, was, it, I used to get the bus. I used to just chill out and just roll around. And then so it's completely shifted, like what I'm exposed to in X, Y, Z. But it's what's amazing, I, it hasn't changed the fact that I just do work that I believe in. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, that's, oh, that's interesting. That's, um, so when you say what, it's flipped upside down, does it mean like you don't catch the bus anymore now you drive the no, bus? No, I literally was on a bus. <laughs> I was on a bus one time, yeah, after Get Out came out, yeah, and then they were like, some guy was just like, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> I got an Oyster card. I, I'm like, going somewhere. I'm going, I'm going somewhere. Yeah, but he's like, you're a movie star. What are you doing on a bus? Yeah, but I was like, where am I, what, how, where am I, how am I, I supposed to get I, to I uh, also, Warren Street? Yeah, but I also don't like the idea of you like being in public transport when you were in a movie like Get Out because if I would see you somewhere as an average citizen, I would think I'm now in a horror movie. <laughs> it would scare me. Yeah. It would scare me. I yeah. think you should just be like rolling around in like Ubers and stuff. Like, don't, you can't just be in public transport. That's not cool. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's what happened is like the reaction of people. Yeah, you freak people me. out. Yeah, yeah, they freak people out. I was like, oh, it's the horror. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> scream and they but, but, but it has been face. an amazing journey for you. I mean, Get Out, Black Panther, you've been in some of the biggest movies that, you know, that we've been watching. And now this film has come, is coming out, Queen and Slim. Yeah. And it is, it is such a gripping film. I mean, that scene is what people see in the trailer. It's just the beginning of a journey yeah. where you play a character who's going on a Tinder date yes. that takes a really weird turn. I mean, Tinder dates often go weird. It's a jungle. Right, <laughs> but, is a jungle. but I mean, this is extreme. Like, like we, we saw that. It starts off with a cop who's like, you know, not handling a situation yeah. well. Next thing you know, a gun goes off and then it's basically this new couple on the run, but they're not a couple. They hate each other. The, t- the date didn't go well. Right, you know it was a saying? Tinder date, And yeah. that's, what, that's what's so amazing is like, it just shows the kind of, they have to deal with each other because they have to go on the run and survive. Right. And then they, they, they throw their phones out. So it's like a metaphor, they throw their options away. Do you know what I'm saying? And they have that's to kind of like, look at each other and see how, and connect because they're having this experience together. Well, if that incident didn't happen, they were just, go somewhere else and go elsewhere. They would have just been like, that was a horrible date, I'm going home and it's over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. do you think that's what we need to do to get people to stay in relationships? Is, <laughs> is have, yeah. them, have them be part of a really <laughs> heinous, like, incident in life. Yeah, yeah. And extreme then, like, it brings them extreme... That, 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 that's a TV show that's waiting to happen. Probably. Right? We yeah. just get people together. Yeah. And then just we go, like, the, two of, the two of you have involved in somebody dying. Yeah. And now you are happily married. Uh, then that's it. That's it. Yeah. 
you can't break kids. up. That's yeah. a great show. We should co-executive produce that. That's what I'm trying to say. That's that's a that's a dope <laughs> show. It, it it does feel like you 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 take on roles that that speak to really powerful issues and 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 ideas happening in society because Queen and Slim is it's it's this is the, the thing to explain to people it's a really fun movie you know in 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 the way that like we love watching movies like whether you're a fan of like Robert De Niro and in Heat or something or or Thelma and Louise or any movie where people are on the run but at the same time it feels like it comments on what's happening today yeah. Do you pick your movies based on that? Are you, are you looking at a film role going, oh, this speaks to society, or are you just looking for great characters and a great story? No, nah, no. Nah. Yeah, I made a decision a few years ago, and I was like, oh, do I want to be a great singer or do I want to sing great songs? And then, so then I was like, I want to sing great songs. And oh. so then I was like, oh, I have to, I have to be in the context. I have to be in, in they call it the culture now. I have to just right. be around and then listen to my friends, listen to my people around me listen to how they feel and what they complain about, what right, they've, right, and, then, right. and then that's all, I'm taking that in and I'm living it as well. And so then when the script comes, it goes, oh, that will speak to this person and that person. I know how they feel when they're watching that. That's interesting. So I'll go to the cinema, I'll go watch Fast and Furious or, and I'll go watch an art house film at the same time. I like, with my friends and, and, and I really listen to how it made them feel. And I want to make them feel good. I want to make my friends feel good. So, and the micro is the macro. Right. You know what I'm trying to say? So it's a microcosm of the largest. Right, yeah, but if you're telling, a, it, it seems like a story about two people, yeah. but it's a larger story about what's happening in society. Yeah. You know, we feel the humanity, we understand the complex ideas of what we're trying to tackle every day, and we're dealing with it through one incident. Yeah, 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 yeah. And seeing it through our perspective, do you know what I'm saying? A, 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 a black perspective, which is, has a history of being dehumanized. That's, that's one of the interesting things that, that I think, you know, your, your rise in film has also brought out is, is, is how similar the stories of the black experience are regardless of where they happen in the world, mm. you know? And for a long time, people have told stories. They, they didn't even think of it as the white experience. They just said, oh, it's an experience, yeah. you know? And then people started realizing, oh, there are different stories to tell. Yeah. And people are experiencing different things around the world. You know, has it been surprising to you as a, a, a black British person coming to America and acting and realizing how many of the themes are similar to what people are experiencing in Britain if they're black, people experiencing in South Africa if they're black, because the stories connect to everybody. Yeah, because it's, um, it's similar dynamics. It's not the same, but it's similar dynamics. So, like I grew up on American, African-American sitcoms. Right. So I was watching My Wife and Kids. I was watching Different Strokes. I was watching Sister, Sister. That, so was I. Yeah, it reminded me that I, I, I looked to the African-American experience to see myself. That wasn't on British television in that way. There was Desmond's and there was, right. uh, I can't remember the other show, but there was, there was a no, numerous amount of uh, black shows, a couple, but it was, the majority was from the African-American experience. So, and I, knew, I saw it from the beginning, I saw there was, a connect, there was connective tissue. Right, right, And right. I think with globalization, and it's, it's funny because Black Mirror is a, like a metaphor for it because I did that in 2011 and then it kind of came and went and then Netflix happened. So then the world became smaller. Right. So they would see this show that we shot for two weeks outside of London. Yes. In a room. They would see it and they would put it in the same way of Breaking Bad. It's right, side by right, side. right, 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 right. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's what's kind of, kind of happened is that now, now um, it's almost like everyone's closer together. Like, it's like London is now a state in itself. There's such a wealth of creativity coming out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming yeah. out of there. Well, it might become a state because of Brexit. I mean, that I makes hope complete so. sense. I hope so. It could become a thing. <laughs> before, I, before I let you go, the movie is really generating buzz. You know, it's a powerful story. You know, Lena Waithe, you know, and, and you've got Melina, who's one of the, the best directors who we've seen transition from... She's incredible. You know, yeah, from creating amazing stories for Beyonce yeah. to now, you know, um, feature films. Right, yeah. and Insecure, obviously. Um, if somebody goes and watches this film, 
What would you tell them to like try and, and, and focus on when they're in the movie? Because sometimes people miss, miss ideas or themes in a film because they watch a trailer or they read a review beforehand. But if you go like, hey man, when you go in this, into this movie, I want you to have like this state of mind. What would you want that, that state of mind to be? Oh, that's a good question. Um, oh man. Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. You know, it's like, like, what can you say? Uh, um, I kind of just stay, just stay open and, 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 and try and, Try and understand why you don't know their names. Oh, that's powerful. That's a good one. That's, now you see, now, now, now when you... everyone watches the movie, we're gonna be like, try and understand why you don't know their names. Yeah. This is amazing, my dude. Thank you so much for Thank coming so on much. the show. For me. I'm excited. Keenan yeah. Swing, we'll be in theaters November 27th. Daniel Kaluuya, everybody. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, ears edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.